Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 14, Episode 15, our grand finale. Ooh. Two moms... Their daughter and a baby. And a partridge in a pear tree. Expecting Cody to jump in. Five gold rings. <laughs> that is the way he does things. Yeah, ring fixes everything. It's hard to believe, but somehow this is our finale. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter couldn't even believe it. They didn't even know that it was the finale. Everyone seemed to have missed the end of the last episode where they just casually mentioned, oh, and by the way, next week's the finale. And yeah, between that and then just even up to the point of the finale beginning to air, people were still mighty confused. Well, usually a finale gives you a conclusion. Yeah, nothing. That's what that was what was so hard to believe was that nothing happened this season at all. And for we, anybody. Were, we finally got to the point where we had a storyline. Something was cooking. Something was cooking, and then they just abandoned it, and we're like, that's it, that's it, that's the end. We'll save that for next season. (laughs) Y'all come back now, you hear? (laughs) But anyways, so we do have a couple of quick announcements before we do jump into this finale episode for season 14. The big takeaway here being that season 14 is over. Which means... This party's just getting started. We are going into our rewatch... Starting next week. We're going all the way back to season one, episode one. Meet Cody and the wives. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to meet them because I, I feel like I still don't know them. You haven't had a proper introduction. I don't know these people. So, and then those people in episode one, I'm going to have no clue who they no, are. They're a completely different set of people. Totally different. I'm ready for that. But so in terms of the, the rewatch starting this week, so make sure that you are following along. Keep the conversation going here. Tweet us at surviving underscore pod and use the hashtag hashtag sister wives rewatch. We really want to talk to you all about what you think about the episodes as we go back and watch. That's going to be the fun of this is for us to rewatch together, laugh, reflect, think about how these people have morphed over the years into an even stranger dichotomy of a family. Hmm. So let's do that all on Twitter. Yeah, let's do it together. That's the best way to to continue moving forward since there was a lot of people on the audience survey, an overwhelming majority, who said, go back to episode one, start from the top, and let's hear it. Yes. It was a strong 80, 90% of you who said that you want to go back to the beginning. Which is amazing to me still because I, I mean, I like to think that we, we put out, we have fun making the episodes We're and we're just glad that there are so many other people who enjoy listening to the episode so much that they want us to go back and recap all of Sister Wives. So there's a lot to go through. Hang in there. Stay with us. We'll get through it. I'm really excited for it because 
I think I cannot wait to watch. I'm living for it. Yeah. Your face, Corey, it's, it's as happening. we go back to the first episode. Oh, it's happening. So flashing forward here. Oh, to, all right. Let's yeah, we recap gotta, the final episode. We got to get into season 14, episode 15 here. So here's the TLC summary episode description. Cody and Robin are struggling with the bank as the mortgage process is not designed for plural marriage. Then in North Carolina, Maddie's water breaks at the mall. EVK is born, but when she has problems breathing, an ambulance is called. Again, that was a season finale? Yeah, it's... Huh? I feel like they gave away too much. It's That was the whole episode. That's the whole episode. And I like to... I would like to think that the people who write the episode descriptions listens to listens to our podcast, too, secretly, as, as that first sentence where Cody and Robin are struggling with the bank as... As the mortgage process is not designed for plural marriage. It's a war on plural marriage. It's a war on plural marriage. Modern society can't handle them. <laughs> but this brings us to the next part of our episode. I know. It's our final episode description. Yeah. Rewrite description. Rewrite. For the season. For season 14. Ready to hear it? I think we're ready. Robin admits she's a monogamous taking money from three other women. Paul Blart nearly becomes Maddie's midwife. Janelle checks Caleb's GPA. Mary's finale performance is to disappear. What a performance. Outstanding. That was the most bizarre thing about this episode. To just ghost Mary on the (laughs) last episode. Be like, yeah, we ran her over with a truck and backed that thing up on her last episode. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to circle back for anything else. That's it. That's all you needed to hear. The end. Because what if that's the last episode? They haven't been renewed yet. Officially. I I don't. We don't know what's going to happen. But right, but if I'm that just, was the last episode, if that yeah. was. Bye, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> if that was, yeah, what a conclusion for Mary's storyline. Wow. Well, you know, they had to leave her out because of the way they ended the episode, which was to remind us about all the benefits of plural marriage. Yeah, it's tough to list those off and include Mary on the list. They're like, um, let's just cut her out. We'll leave, we'll leave that part out. They just had a lot of footage of her sitting in her rental selling LuLaRoe t-shirts online a lot of that a lot of that so jumping into the uh the episode here starting right off at the top we're in north carolina yes specifically christine and janelle are in north carolina and there are exactly two days left until maddie's due date clock's ticking which i feel like we have been waiting for maddie to give birth for the entire season because they dragged it out so hard the last three episodes. It was in the season. It was in the trailer. It was in our trailer. We talked about it because <laughs> they had teased that I footage. Forgot about that that long ago. Well, so this has been this has been truly on the back exciting. Burn. Oh yeah, and it's 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 definitely been a slow burn as opposed to Mary's forest fire a couple episodes ago. Christine doesn't understand how monogamists do it. She's here. She's supporting Janelle. They're both here for Maddie together. They're going to help her get through this birth. How do monogamous do it? All alone. All alone. They don't have friends. They don't have other family. Nope. That's it. That's it. It's just you and me versus the world, baby. <laughs> Maddie is like really over being pregnant now. Dude, Maddie and Janelle are both just a complete wreck. They're they're a mess. Well, this is like the 18th time that Janelle has come to North Carolina this season. Yeah, and she's been flying back and forth, back and forth, and it's like, man. But it looks like Janelle hasn't slept in probably four days, and then Maddie looks like she hasn't slept in probably four weeks, and they both are just ghost shells of themselves. This is going to be a really fun trip for Christine. Oh, man. Yeah, Christine's <laughs> going to be trying to hold this together. Piece by piece uh, and just just fit it all together. Now, we get some background about the relationship between Christine and Janelle. Which, which I thought was awesome. Which awesome was awesome. And clearly, as we've seen throughout the season, they seem to have the closest relationship of any of the sister wives. And they give us kind of a, a background story about what it was like for them raising all of their kids together. Obviously, Janelle and Christine have a lot of kids. They were all born in very similar time frames. And so they did a lot of co-parenting together. Mm-hmm. And their bonds are not limited by just their love of national parks. Uh, clearly, this is carried over to, yeah, they 
legitimately have a friendship sister wife connection with each other and co-parent exactly like you said where basically all of their kids shared you know viewing each respective one as an additional mom to their biological mother right and as we go back and watch the old seasons we'll see how christine was really the parent who was at home handling a lot of the responsibilities of teaching the kids who were being homeschooled janelle was going to work so it was very much like janelle's children viewed christine as a second mom Where was Mary? We don't know because they talk about, you know, just Mariah in passing. And oh, yeah. And, you know, Mary had Mariah and she was kind of part of it, too. She was around. She was around in her upstairs apartment. I remember her being around. I remember having to accommodate her a lot and uh, (laughs) not walk through her space. I remember that. (laughs) I do recall. Uh, Mary is not at the birth because she is working. She works a lot. She is a, a busy beaver. She works like a maniac. The bushiest beaver. The bushiest beaver. And Robin is busy for obvious reasons. She's got her hands full. She's praying a lot. Robin can't be bothered with this. Yeah, she's she's watching the many U-Hauls out on Coyote Pass right now. She is. She's on watch duty. Yeah, she takes she takes life one problem at a time. <laughs> and this is that is a big one right now that she still can't get a handle on. It's very close to the time that Maddie's going to give birth. And they're starting to discuss, OK, what's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow's my due date. Caleb has to work and he doesn't know where he's going to be. Apparently they just tell him the day before or the night before where he needs to show up and that's where he goes the next day. So they know that there's a pretty good likelihood that he's going to be traveling far away from this midwife center, which again is hours away from their home. Mm -hmm. So he may be up to two hours away from where Maddie is going to give birth. Yeah, and again, Caleb is an elevator mechanic, so I was half expecting a call to come in from Flagstaff at Mary's old rental to decommission that elevator over there. <laughs> and uh, it, that would be quite a long commute, and it would be difficult to make it back in time for Maddie's labor, for sure. So I was worried about that a little bit initially. Exclude me from your birth, bitch. <laughs> call your husband out here to fix my elevator. It's busted, man. It won't. Call button doesn't work. <laughs> I need help. Now, unfortunately, we go back to Robin. She's part of the storyline for the finale. It's the Robin and Cody house hunters. Continued. It's still happening. There's a whole season of that. They have to remind us again about the whole rent versus buying situation. Robin complains again about how, you know, the owners blindsided her by putting the house up for, for sale. And we get a lot of flashback footage. And finally... Today, they are going to figure out what is happening with their loan. So they go to a strip mall. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Better Call Saul. That's uh, exactly type. what it's yeah, like. Yeah, it's like those law offices. See, we didn't see we didn't see the front because we actually saw the we back. Saw like a sign, yeah, we saw like a sign in the window. Right, but there's actually a nail salon in the front. Mm, right, yeah. You have to use a door in the back to get to the rest of the offices. In the cucumber water, that is for cl- customers only. So keep that in mind. Now, the producer's trying to kind of stoke the fire here and stir things up as Cody and Robin are on the couch together. And Cody starts answering the question and talking about how we were resistant to buying. Robin and I, we. That is quite a... He's not taking the producer's bait. That is quite a statement. And Robin right away speaks up and she claims responsibility for the fact that It was her who was resistant to the buying because she wants to rent. And we get all this flashback footage of Robin's deluded prayers throughout the season for a rental. And yet Cody turns to her and says, I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to drive a bus over Robin. What the fuck? Yeah, because that bus is destination up on the on the uh, little neon sign up in the front there. The destination is Mary. That is the only place that that bus goes. That is the only stop that that bus makes, Mary. It's just going to run her over, back it up, (laughs) run her over, back it up. Yep. Over and over and over again. Again, if any other wife had done this, I don't think he would at all grant them the same same mercy that he has Robin with letting her get away with this. It'd be, yeah, good game. Call it. That's it. Yeah, that's done. Now, they're here today because the house is in underwriting, but it hasn't progressed from there, which means... There could be a problem. Yeah, Cody breaks it down where if it's 
if there's a purchasing problem, you're basically just waiting. But if there's a qualifying problem, that's big trouble because you could not close on the house. And that would be an absolute tragedy at this point for them. I think it's pretty safe to say this is probably a qualifying problem because Cody then tells us that he is on four mortgages. Yeah, that's going to be red flags all over for every step of this application. Yeah. So he's on four mortgages. There are five people involved in their finances, and yet they're perplexed as to how come the house has not closed quickly enough for them on their 28-some-odd-day timeline. It's a miracle that they've gotten this far, honestly. But it's not all bad news today at the lawyer because, hey, the house appraises for 20000 above their purchase price, so they're making money on this move, right? <laughs> I guess it was worth the $900,000 to about, make $20,000. It's about time. It's about time to have the numbers go up. You yeah. got to you got to spend money to make money. You got to you got to take your wins when you get them. And this is a win. Count it. Now, we get I think the the quote of the of the finale here where again Robin and and Cody are on the couch and they're talking about this qualifying situation, how there's so many people intertwined in the finances, and Robin has the nerve to say I'm not married to three other women. Cody is mortgage kryptonite because he's he always mucks up the work, mucks up the paperwork because he's on all these other mortgages. All of his finances are intertwined with all these different people. It's just a headache. It's a problem. Anyway, he cut it. Right. And Robin didn't marry Christine, Mary, or Janelle. Just Cody. But she doesn't feel bad at all about taking their money that they work for. And using it for her own betterment in life. She has these relationships with these women when it's convenient for her. Mm -hmm. When it works in her favor. Yeah. But she's not married to them and she's pissed that they are at all affecting her ability to qualify for a $900,000 home when she doesn't actually contribute anything financially to the family. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Riddle me that, Robin. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Finally, Robin caps it off by manipulating Cody on the couch with, a poor me story about the rental and resisting buying until the last minute. This was impressive, yeah, because she she basically plays the victim and preemptively blames herself for dragging all of this out, the whole process of buying and pushing the timeline to the limit like she has. It was kind of impressive. Oh, it was it was some top-notch manipulation because she knew the minute those words came out of her mouth that Cody was going to say No, love, it's not your fault. Don't feel bad, love. I would never blame you. This isn't your fault. It's not your fault that you sat here and prayed and refused to look at any houses until literally we were about to pack our shit up and and be out on the streets. You can live in my storage unit, love. (laughs) Right? That's pretty much it. Enough of them. Fucking over Robin this season. Yeah. Today is Maddie's due date, and she is going to the midwife for a checkup. All right. Yeah, let's talk about something important. Um, I'm not talking about Maddie's birth. I'm t- I'm talking about, did you see the poster? The poster in the yeah. background. Did you see that thing? So when she meets up with the midwife, there's like this, it's really hard to describe it. Go back and it's- watch it. If you got it on your DVR, if you, if you can manage to sit through the Robin and Cody lawyer visit again on On Demand, Go go back and check this out because it, it's very difficult to explain. We'll try to explain it to the best of our ability. There is a poster on the wall right over Maddie's shoulder. And it's like a mythical looking woman is sucking the life out of a newborn baby under a night's sky of stars. So it's like a blue, like a blue purple lady holding a fetus. And then there's like heart-shaped hands that are also made out of like umbilical cord at the bottom. And then the lady has like three tongues coming out of her mouth. I didn't interpret those as tongues. Okay. I interpreted that as her breathing in and sucking the baby's soul out of it. Oh, like in Hocus Pocus? Yes. That's, that's exactly what she was doing. Yes. The life force. Hocus Pocus-esque. And she was breathing in the baby's essence. Yeah, because, I mean, it looked weird because it looked like one of the tongues was going right into the baby's mouth. It was kind of off-putting. And she had, like, clouds for hair. It was, like, very wavy 
This is the Witch of the Woods, isn't it? Oh, the old lady of the woods. I want to point out that that is the lady. That is the exact tale we told in poster form. Yeah, I guess this is one of those times where it's like, does art (laughs) impersonate life or does life impersonate art? You know, it was creepy as fuck. I would have walked into that midwife's office and seen that thing on the wall and been like, I think I'll go to a hospital. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like we spoke that we into spoke existence. We spoke it into an existence, yes. Which is strange because it's already been filmed. So it's like it was a different picture when they filmed. And then now that we talked about the Lady <laughs> of the Woods and it's like, no, yeah, there she is. Perfect. That's her. That's perfect. That's her. That sums up the whole story here. <laughs> so they're at the midwife and the midwife, Lydia, wants to start sweeping things. Sweeping membranes. We. <laughs> Christine refers to that as a form of torture. Christine's reaction when Janelle was even just mentioning it, when she's sitting on the couch, it's just like 10 seconds solid of Christine shaking her head and just looking absolutely horrified. She's like, no, please don't do that. Don't don't even talk about it. That's how this I is, felt watching it. Oh, it's awful. Now we get Maddie's opinions on birth and hospitals. And she says that, she doesn't think that birth is an emergency and hospitals are for emergencies. And yet her baby's birth becomes an emergency. Well, that's why they call the ambulance to take her to the hospital. It's become it becomes an emergency, so then that's when you get to go to the hospital. All right, I guess I guess we can follow her on that. Technically that path. The argument holds up. It it stands true. So that is why Maddie is in this birthing center with the creepy poster. Yeah, because then they're wanting to get up in there and scrape out some membranes. But basically, Lydia's talking about, so the midwife is explaining, yeah, we could do that, and it could help move along the labor process here. Or it could just hurt really bad and make her very uncomfortable for, for like the a next, really long time. For the next couple hours, at least. Yeah. So that's your, those are the odds. Pick your poison. Yeah, so let's wait it out, maybe. Um, especially since Caleb isn't answering his phone, he's on site for work. So he's probably a couple hours away at least. So let's not really rush this any more than the process is already taking place. So let's just kind of let it continue at its own pace. Maddie and the rest of the fam leave the birthing center defeated and, um, they take off to their next destination. But in the meantime, Christine and Janelle talk on the couch about how they don't understand why people in monogamous relationships do things like call their husband before they decide to get the membrane scraped out of their vag um, and make sure it's okay with them first. Yeah, before committing to such serious things like that, like, hey, I'm going to induce my labor. Right, or hey, I'm going to plan a trip to go visit my family or... You know, many of the other major events in life, why do monogamous people feel like they need to take their significant other into consideration before they do those things? Yeah, it's so strange because they both agree that does not happen in their relationship. So with Cody, they've they've never had to ask or confirm or check in or, you know, any sort of accommodation or filling in. None of that. It's all optional, really. Never happened. Doesn't make sense. Speaking of Cody, he pretends now to be a dad because he gives us the voiceover of the fact that obviously Janelle is now in North Carolina with Maddie. So the rest of the kids have been left to their own devices at Janelle's house, watched by their grandmother, Janelle's mom. Right. So this is when Cody has to pop in now and make an effort on almost a daily basis to get involved in the kids' lives and make sure that they're doing okay while their mom's away. Corey, where do you think Cody has been spending his time while Janelle's kids are being watched by their grandmother? Uh, Parking U-Hauls on Coyote Pass. (laughs) Pitching tents on Coyote Pass. Yeah, it's pretty clear here that Cody has spent his entire summer with Robin because Gabe tells him about how he is currently doing homework in the middle of summer 
I'm sorry, the end of summer. Yeah. Because he is trying to skip his senior year. Technically, he should just have finished his junior year and be going into senior year. But instead, he's planning his escape from Flagstaff. So Yeah, he's got to get out of here ASAP. He's doing schoolwork all summer. He's been doing schoolwork. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the first time, apparently, that Cody has come across him in this situation. What was amazing, too, is how Cody still pinned that on Janelle. It made that her fault. Mom doesn't fill me in on this stuff. So, like, what's going on? Like he asked. So, uh, you know, what are you doing? I I see you're doing homework and it's summer. That doesn't make any sense. He doesn't even know if Gabe is in high school or college. He asks for clarification. And Gabe has to explain multiple times that, no, dude, I'm not taking, like, a semester or taking some classes over the summer here. I'm I'm literally cramming my entire senior year into the few months Three months of summer so that I can graduate early and then just go to college this fall. Not only does he not know that this is taking place or he has a very vague idea of what's happening from what Janelle's told him, but Gabe also has to explain the advantage of doing this. In that he has to take his entire senior year of school right now, get that done with. That way he gets to start college early and for free. So he doesn't even know Gabe's college plans at this point or the fact that it's not going to cost the family anything. Well, to be fair, he thought he had another year before he had to talk college plans with him. (laughs) He thought he had senior year. Yeah, that's true. So he snuck it in. By the way. Excuse me, but if we go back to their whole rationale about why they left Vegas when they did, what Cody said was that they had to leave that year, that summer, so that the kids who were going to be in high school could get a junior year and a senior year in their new school, that that was so important for them to have that experience. And then he doesn't even know what Gabe is doing in school putting that out there no i think yeah and for cody his main takeaway here is just wow i got smart kids i wasn't (laughs) it's not that he i never did me that book learning but man i got me some smart kids it's not that he's totally disconnected from what's going on in his children's lives it's that dang my kids are smart (laughs) i don't know how i got all these smart kids i was a bonehead he said in the past tense as he sits before you, I mean, a he, complete bonehead. He admitted that he was stupid when he moved to Flagstaff. That was only a few episodes ago. <laughs> We're still there. We're still there, Cody. It's not the past tense. Well, if he wasn't smart in high school, at least he was popular <laughs> amongst his peers and his teachers. But whenever somebody self-proclaims that, it's like, oh boy. Especially somebody like Cody. I missed that part. He said that. Oh, he said that he was never like he never did well in school, but he oh, he, was he got along with he got along with everybody. What a dick! <laughs> you know, everyone was like, "Ugh, that Ugh. Cody guy." Oh, God, he's a dick. Back in North Carolina, Maddie is at the mall in her water breaks as she gets out of the the truck. Yeah, she stomps her foot a little too hard stepping <laughs> out of the cab there. Just breaks it loose. And just yep. Didn't even have to sweep that membrane. No. Because it's probably been, I think it sounded like they were about, wherever this mall is. They didn't get that far. They were like 30, maybe 30 minutes, within 30 minutes. Because basically Maddie was still feeling like she was having contractions. And so she wanted to stay close, stay local in case anything did escalate, which obviously it did. At least she was outside of the car when it happened. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, that was a good one. happen on the car seat, just, Mm. ooh. They have to figure out what they're going to do now because obviously Maddie is in active labor. Her water has broken. She's having contractions. It seems like this baby's coming fast. The food court chicken teriyaki is going to have to wait, guys. We'll have to come back tomorrow. Because in the meantime, they need to call the midwife. Oh, yeah. let her know. We're going to be coming in hot. (laughs) They also give Caleb a heads up that he needs to start that two-hour drive to the birthing center. He is two hours away. So yeah, he's got to get a move on, and he's trying his best, but uh, they get to the, the birthing center first, obviously, and it immediately becomes tub time. Oh yeah, she she needs to get out of pain. It's the right thing to you do. You can tell as she's walking back into the birthing center, like her, in, you can tell that she's having a contraction as she walks through the door. That is a labored walk. Her Her entire body just tenses up. <laughs> Like her shoulders, like she she goes into this turtle position. Yeah. 
Like you can tell she's in so much pain. Bracing. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta... She's bracing for another contraction. Ooh. And Janelle tells us about how happy she is. Thank God Christine is here to help her through this whole situation because Janelle goes into panic mode pretty quickly. Christine's superwoman. She's like watching Axel. She's getting Maddie whatever she needs. She's trying her best to answer Maddie's phone. She doesn't know how to work the buttons on it. I think that was the only part that tripped her up, <laughs> the technology bit. She's like coaching her but like a midwife. I, I feel like Christine would be a great midwife. Not going to lie. She's doing all the things. She's doing a great job. And Janelle's kind of just standing there in shock that at this point, it's becoming a reality that Maddie may give birth and Caleb may not make it here. Well, and then the other piece that they're realizing here, too, is that Maddie is... She's holding it. She is fighting delivering this kid right now because she wants Caleb to be there for it. So she is resisting all of this. They keep calling Caleb like every 15 minutes, which I'm sure he does not appreciate. (laughs) And he's trying to get there as quickly as he can. But right, like you said, in the meantime, Maddie's just in that tub resisting giving into labor. She's fighting it. And she looks very unentertained when Janelle does one thing. She clearly needs Christine here because the one time she calls Caleb to check in on him, she's so frazzled that she asks, what does your GPA say is ETA? Right. And Caleb's like, my GPA from from high school? I don't know. It's been a while. (laughs) The elevators that he interacts with on a daily basis do not follow limitations of standardized testing so <laughs> i feel like that's that's unfair somehow he figures out what what was meant by that because he does respond and tell janelle what time he thinks he's gonna make it there 40 minutes 40 minutes and maddie is like okay and then you see reality hit her about how long 40 minutes is going to feel like and she's doing the math now and realizing that that sucks that's <laughs> real bad She just glares off into the distance. Yeah, because it is, not only is it 40 minutes away, it's rush hour in North Carolina. Bumper to bumper, there's accidents, you name it. Caleb is fighting his way to this birthing center against all odds, trying to make make it there in a reasonable amount of time. He's like Cody trying to get to the airport. Right. (laughs) Running to the gate. And he luckily, he finally gets to the birthing center just in time. He gets there. He maybe says one or two sentences to Maddie to comfort her. And the midwife's like, you ready? And Maddie is ready to let that baby rip. (laughs) Caleb's here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Get me out of the tub. (laughs) I just love that Christine was like, I've never been happier to see Caleb before in my entire life than I was in that exact moment. So that was really special. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Next, we get to see footage of a closed door and overhear the screams of a woman in labor. It was very unpleasant. We get to see the clock a number of times, the thermostat. Yeah, we had to keep track of how long... This has been going on. So basically from the point that 
Caleb arrived, it's been maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah, this has not been long. This not is a long. fast birth, especially when you compare it to how long it took her to have Axel. Which was like, what, a week and a half? Or? <laughs> it was days. <laughs> she said four or five days. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, no. Yeah. Nope. No. Yeah. So she is in the middle of birth. So they they don't give us any footage. Thank God. Thank God. Because basically we're getting the a little too descriptive of what was going on in the room afterwards. Right. So because we have the absence of footage, the producers decide to ask Christine and Janelle what it was like in the room. And Christine decides to go pretty graphic. She recalls with vivid detail, excruciating detail. Maddie is on all fours on the bed. Didn't need to know that much. And she's pushing that baby out. She's taking breaks. They joke that she falls asleep. She, she has contractions. She gets through it. She just collapses and passes out basically until the next one hits and then just keeps pushing again. So everybody's just trying to accommodate what's going on here. And finally, the baby is coming. We're getting close. The baby is crowning, if you want to use a, yeah. a medical term. There's going to be plenty of those later on in the episode. Medical. And at this point, Maddie is refusing to let Caleb leave her face zone. <laughs> Wherever he is stationed right now. That's where he needs to remain. And someone needs to catch the baby, which is a term that just disturbs me to my core. <laughs> so Janelle gets the honor of being able to stand there to catch the baby as she emerges. Grab your catcher's mitt, Janelle. Step up to the plate. So she washes her hands. She throws some gloves on. And here we go. Here comes Evangeline Cody Brush. Born into the world, August 20th, 2019. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so a couple pushes, a couple of post-birth pictures, because apparently they allowed the still photographer in the room, but not the cameras for the show. But yeah, from, from that point then, normally it would just be snuggling up with mom and kind of getting getting dialed back in here and stuff. But what they're running into is that the baby's having a hard time breathing, right. so now things are getting scary. They end up having to call an ambulance to take her to the hospital because she needs oxygen. They explain the medical term for this situation. I didn't write it down. It's TTN. Uh, it's I a mean, bunch of words. I'm not a doctor. I so don't have, I don't have a medical degree. I'm just a podcaster, guys. I didn't even. I'm barely that. <laughs> We're barely podcasters. <laughs> So the baby needs oxygen and it could be that this is just like a little temporary thing that she gets a little oxygen, her lungs kind of catch up to what's going on and she'll be fine. Or it could be worse than that. And sometimes babies quickly and rapidly deteriorate in that situation. So the midwife ain't playing around. Uh, better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. They're going to transfer her to a hospital and... The plan is that Caleb's going to go with the baby and Maddie has to stay at the birthing center because she just gave birth. She needs to stabilize. Guys, she was in shock from birth. Like she was she was bleeding too much, too. So that that was still a concern that they were monitoring and trying to take care of while they're dealing with the emergency going on with the baby, too. I do want to point out this is a reason why it's good to be in a hospital. And this is coming from. Someone who dislikes hospitals strongly. I do not wish to give birth in a hospital. I do not wish to have any reason to go to a hospital. But the thought of having given birth to a baby in a birthing center and now there's an emergency and you can't go with the baby and you have to be separated well, seems more horrifying than having to give birth in a hospital. Not even at a, even at a hospital, they'll take the kid and whisk it out of the room to go take it to emergency it, stuff too. You oh, for the, you sure. Know. But at least you know that you're in the same building. Eh, I don't know. Cause I mean, just pick a birthing center that's near a hospital. There you go. You got an emergency, just ship it over there. Yeah. They didn't tell us how far they were from the hospital. Just right. that they're two it's hours like, from home. Yeah. It's like right down the road. So Christine now talks about how upsetting this is because I mean, they don't just send like a little ambulance. This is like, this is like some big money, nice ass, expensive, heavy-duty-looking ambulance. Like, yeah. this is a serious ambulance. First response, yeah. And they get the gurney out. They've got a whole little box set up for the baby. It's like 
really terrifying to look at. Yeah, it's like Jurassic Park, you know? It's like what they do with the eggs. They got like the little containers. It's like a little terrarium that they put the baby in and wheel her out. They had a clipboard on top of the little box there that the kiddo was in. And then they went to go lift up the the whole apparatus to put it in the back of the th- and the clipboard fell off. I, I saw it happen before it was going to happen. And I was like, that's you shouldn't have that there. And then it like fell onto the table thing. I was like, oh boy. Uh, give them a break. They're busy. I don't know. That bothered they, they're, me. They're dealing with a lot. But no, and Christine's talking about how worried she is. She does a great job distracting Axel and like not not freaking out and panicking. She's taking yes. him out. For as traumatic as this experience is in the way she describes it, she, I mean, she looks a little upset. Like she's, she's wiping nervous. away a few tears. She looks nervous, but she does not let on at all to Axel that this is an emergency and that scary. this is for the baby yeah. and that it's scary and that it's bad and that it's not what's supposed to be happening right now. Because the whole thing, again, we know that Evie ends up being okay. She's fine. Um, we know that because she's been fine since before the first episode aired this right. season. This so. baby's been in this world for a while at this point. She's good. It would have been way scarier if we didn't actually know what happened to this kid. Like that would have been really, really nerve wracking, really scary. But like you said, Christine doesn't let on with that at all. She doesn't get Axel nervous or convey that or make him scared or anything. She spins it as a positive. She takes him out in the stroller and Hey dude, you get to see a really cool big car drive up to the birthing center now isn't that neat he was all about it man he was like yeah like seeing a fire truck it's awesome we cut to three days later and they are finally bringing baby evie home and that's when we find out the ttn the the lack of oxygen that she was getting was this post birth like a complication i guess right yeah it's a complication it it didn't turn out to be a serious prolonged issue it was just her lungs weren't opening up as much as they should they weren't getting the proper amount of oxygen levels to sustain so she was having a little trouble got her stabilized three days later she's golden she's good to go home they go home and luckily cody has finally arrived to save the day post-birth yeah cody is mostly taking this time to just cry about how Everybody else has gotten a holder, and I haven't gotten a holder. He is the worst. He's complaining. He showed up, and all he's doing now is just aggravating people by complaining about how much time he's gotten to hold the baby <laughs> compared to everybody else. Picking her up. Yeah. The good news here, too, is that Janelle's rocking a Rolling Stones shirt, so we're digging deep inside of her suitcase now for her <laughs> travel wear, because I don't know if she was expecting to stay this long. I did see there was a controversy on the interwebs about Christine tweeted about the shirt she was wearing at the birthing center. Yeah. Yeah. At the birthing center. And then as she's standing outside watching the ambulance come, that that was one of Cody's shirts. She had to borrow a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why others found that to be a humble brag. Uh, Oh, they saw that as a, Oh, I don't know. I'd see that as a downside. It's like, damn. I guess it was perceived as her gloating about the fact that she borrowed a T-shirt from her husband while Janelle was preoccupied with the baby and sleeping in a different room. And uh, Robin was home praying about rentals and probably sending lots of additional paperwork to would, their lender. No, nah, I would mark that as a low as I did not pack enough clothes. And so I had to, I had to resort to yes. borrowing Cody's busted ass shirt. I feel like she felt the need to explain her appearance. Cause she was looking <laughs> frumpy, but again, they were all like so sleep deprived, so worn I mean, out, look. emotionally drained. You never know. You might have to catch the baby. Right. You don't want to wear your best shirt. No, you don't want to wear your LuLaRoe crop top. You need like the shirt you paint in, you yeah. know? Yeah. Something you can beat up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Put some miles on it. She was dressed appropriately. Yeah. Given the situation. It fits the occasion. Yeah. Again, so Cody's a little, you know, salty upon his arrival about who's touched the baby, who's held the baby, lots of things about how much time he gets in comparison to others. And Maddie thinks really what's at the root of all of this is that Cody is upset about the fact that he's disappointed that he missed the birth. 
which again, that happens when you decide you're just going to hop on a plane when you get the news that somebody's in labor. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that he was banking on the idea that her labor with Axel was so long, I'll have days as soon as she actually legitimately starts to go into labor. But you got to know that the second one's always faster than the first one, man. Because yeah, like you know, she's learned. Start sliding out. She learned her lesson, man. Don't fight the pain. Just, yeah, keep pushing. Get that thing out of you. We get a flashback to the night of the birth. So when Cody has finally made his arrival and Janelle and Maddie unveil the baby's full name to him. Evangeline Cody. Yes, Cody. So he's touched that the baby's middle name is his name. Well, he has quite a reaction because they're kind of explaining it to him. And Janelle just sort of said Evangeline. Well, she mispronounces it first, but then she gets it right after a couple of tries. So it's Evangeline. (laughs) And he's like, oh, okay, Evangeline. And then Maddie clarifies it's Evangeline Cody. And then he just goes, oh, oh. And slightly smiles. And I get it. He was kind of shocked. He was he was in awe. He was Cody, taken aback. Yeah. Yes. He was taken aback. His smile was very reminiscent of in Mean Girls when Caddy gets nominated to be the Spring Fling Queen and she finds out that it was a genuine nomination, not that they just threw her in the ballot box. Yeah, and meanwhile, you're Janice and I'm Damien, where we're Ooh. Doing the imitation of that reaction. That was exactly what happened as Ooh. we watched this. I think Cody was just shocked that he was like, wow, I'm, I'm really surprised that one of my kids would want to name one of their kids after me. That's amazing. You know, Maddie is like the favorite child. She's cemented that now that she's named a baby after him. Yeah, you're golden now. Can we talk about the name a little bit? Yeah, it's a whole mishmash alphabet soup here yeah and they explained it in her earlier episode about like the significance of the first name where they just hodgepodged and stuck a bunch of other names that were important to them together and made evangeline instead of evangeline yeah it's it's caleb's grandma's name janelle a little bit of janelle's name and then lynn is caleb's mom's name and then they threw cody in there for the middle name too so there's this is a mashup of Four different names. The most annoying thing is that they are insisting on calling her EVK. EVK. Evie. Okay, that's cute. I get it. It's a lot to say Evangeline all the time. Yeah. But the abbreviation of the middle name to just the letter K is a trend that I am not understanding because this is not the first time we've seen this in reality television. Any teen mom fans out there who watched Teen Mom OG, we got Cheyenne with Ryder K, and they have to say the K. I don't I don't understand it, but I have a feeling we're going to hear her referred to as EVK yeah. a lot moving forward. Yeah, I think that's strange because then EVK, you're only one syllable off from her actual name, so it's like not really shortening it. It's like Evie. That's like half of no, what I the literally name would just be. think they think that the letter thing is cute. Yeah, I get that. Which I guess you could have just called her middle name could have just been K, K A Y, instead of Cody. Well, then you don't get brownie points. That doesn't no, count. No, no, that's true. You don't get brownie points by doing that. Not fair. They now talk about, you know, how cute Evie is. She's pretty, she's super alert. It's almost like she's not even a newborn because she's so alert of her surroundings and interacting with them already. Well, she's got to be alert. Axel's already poking her in the face. She's like, (laughs) got to be on guard. You know, she's getting the big brother treatment. It's like, welcome to the family, kid. Yeah, he got a little too close for uh, for my comfort level. (laughs) Yeah, he got real close to the eyes. Like, keep keep the little fingernails away from her eyes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Dangerously close. Um, now Maddie and Caleb get into some serious info, uh, that they've been holding back from us, but anybody who's followed any of the info about Evie since she was born already probably knew this. So she was born with something called fat co syndrome, um, which is is a whole bunch another of Latin word that whole, I am not going to pronounce as a whole bunch of Latin words that make <laughs> Not a very nice acronym name. 
Yeah. So I feel like going with the the casual term of limb difference, I feel like that's a nicer way to to talk about it. Yeah, there was a lot of like a lot of words jumbled in here, but basically <laughs> all it means is that she has a genetic anomaly. Yeah. So extremely rare. Very rare. She is missing some fingers. Some of them are fused together and or webbed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's missing her fibula and she also has a bowed tibia. Yeah. So one of her legs, it seems like only one leg is affected. The one, the one without the fibula is the one that's shorter because that's basically her shin bone right. on the that's, one leg. That's your longest bone in your leg. So. Which it's not there. So that's why... There's a significant difference in the length of her legs. Which is already kind of apparent in photos of her as a newborn. But what Janelle explains is that as she grows and gets older and her limbs grow along with her, that that is going to become more pronounced. So at this point, it's not any type of issue or anything that she's going to be affected by as an infant or being able to crawl. She should have perfectly normal development. Yeah. But as she starts to get older, it's going to become something that they may need to address um, surgically. Yeah. Either, you know, amputation or, you know, going or with, with the prosthetic prosthetic they, limbs. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of things that are unknown at that, this point, just given how small she is and not knowing, you know, what that growth is going to look like. Right. So, well, I think, I think the, the main sentiment that really comes out of this is that they just want what's best for their kid. And that, and I mean like who, who doesn't, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so I mean that, that all made sense where they, they want to make sure that she doesn't feel restricted by it in any way. If she wants to get involved in something, they're going to encourage her to do it, you know? So right, there are some realities that she's going to have to, to deal face. with and face yeah. with in life, but they are not, looking at this with a lens of um, feeling as though she has any type of disability or that she has anything that's going to hold her back in life from being able to achieve goals or do anything that she wants to do. Karate, ballet, whatever. Do it, kid. Do it up. It seems like they took their time to really think about how they wanted to introduce this to the world and speak about it in a way that is sensitive to the fact that their daughter is going to see her birth and how her parents dealt with the news that she was going to have issues with some of her limbs. And, uh, you know, whenever you see that on TV, I feel like people think that they they feel like they have a platform to speak for other families who have children who deal with similar things and be an educator as well. So, yeah. Um, but aside from Batco baby's limb difference and, you know, all the learning that's going on with, with, uh, the medical terminology and things that the child is expected to face. I also learned that the Browns refer to changing diapers as change their bum, change her bum. I didn't catch that. It was a phrase that was being thrown around the living room. <laughs> and I did not appreciate that. I found that very upsetting and I wasn't ready I wasn't ready to hear that in that way. I didn't like it. Well, they've changed a lot of bums in their time because Cody and Christine and Janelle talked to Caleb, who, you know, he's newly a dad of two. This is overwhelming going from one baby to two babies. And he feels a lot better when he talks to Cody and finds out that they had six kids at one time that were all in diapers at the same time. Different sizes, too. Not only just dealing with diapers, but you're also buying them. Janelle said that she bought three different cases, three different sizes. That must have been so aggravating to have to change a diaper and then be like, oh, wait, <laughs> oh, me hand too. me a diaper. But like, but what, which size did you grab? Well, then like as soon as that one's done, it's like, oh, and this one's ready too. You yeah, know, they're probably constant. Like, oh, yeah. As soon as you finish with one, then you're on to another one. Ugh. Oh, think about Christine home with all those kids watching them all. Yeah, that, Christine was the most scarred by it. She was like, "This, that's it was horrible." <laughs> let me tell you, it changed her. So Caleb's feeling a lot better about having just two kids. Now we end with TLC's attempt to remind us of the benefits of plural marriage that they've been trying to make us believe exist since this show started, and they do that by having Cody explain how Maddie 
being able to give birth surrounded by two moms, two women who had this significant involvement in her life is the essence of plural marriage. And that's what it's all about. You know, two moms, the baby, two moms, their kid and a baby, their right? daughter. Oh, God damn it. Close. Close enough. We get absolutely no resolution about Robin's house. Still up um, in the air. Yeah. So if this show comes back, which I have a feeling it will. Really? They, if they were going to summarize all of this and end the show, why wouldn't they just tell us that Robin got the house? Oh, there's been so many more shows that have ended on further cliffhangers than that. The thing is, Robin closes on her house basically on the due date. Like this is all happening at the same time. In the actual... So then we would have known. This was three days after the due date. So I'm saying they're holding things for next season. No. They want it to be a cliffhanger of what happens with Robin's house. Even though at this point... It's a she, joke. By the time the show comes back, if it comes back January again next year, she will have been living in this house for a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even... <laughs> it's not even funny at that point. Yeah. It's, no. <laughs> It's just sad. Like why they're going to have to pick back up and be like, so Robin got the house. And it's like, thanks for telling us. It's been almost two years. We're aware of what happened. The episode just sort of ends. Just ends. No Mary. No Mary. No, not even a shot of the family together. Nobody FaceTiming to talk to, to see the baby. Nothing. There's just this awkward, like, again, why people felt like, it wasn't a finale and they thought it was just another episode was because it just ended like another episode. See you next season. Maybe we're not even getting the satisfaction of having uh, everyone come back to do a tell all or anything to cap the season off. No, don't need to. I'm so, I'm so glad they're not doing tell alls. They said everything they had to say. I oh guess my God. you can't, there was nothing more to tell. You can't. Yeah. It would have been so fun. They should have a tell all where they had a contest where they had a pack a moving box as quickly as they could tape Ooh. it up and get it on a, on a, the back of a U-Haul. Not all of them, just Cody <laughs> to see how much he learned on his one move with Robin. <laughs> just how much he learned. All right. So next week we start the rewatch season one, episode one, going back to where it all began. Yes. Please watch along with us. We're very excited to talk about it with you. We need to talk about it. And we want to thank everybody for supporting us. This is the last episode of our first official season. 16 episodes in already. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, we we're so overwhelmed by the support from everyone, the reviews that you leave us. We read all of them. Everyone who interacts with us on Twitter, follows us on Reddit. Thank you all so much. It means the world to us. It really does. So stick around with us. Things are only going to get better because it's going to be so much fun to go back to the beginning and watch this shit show with 2020 vision. I can't wait. Literally 2020 vision because it's (laughs) it was this season that works on so many levels. And again, if you want to share your thoughts with us about the episode, you can do that by following us on Twitter. You can tweet us at surviving underscore pod. And again, as we start the rewatch, make sure that you use the hashtag sister wives rewatch. Have you heard the good news? Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple podcast. You can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.